This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is an iFanboy books float on The Rattler. iFanboy podcast. It's a booksplode on The Rattler. That's a podcast where we talk about one collected edition of graphic novel, original graphic novel, something 
Bigger than regular comic size. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. And this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. The ones who uh, gave enough to add these shows to the docket. They spoke up and they said they wanted it, and so we did it. Every month you get a book explode or you get a talk explode. This month is our book explode, and we're doing the Rattler. And actually, we're going to throw a little bit of a curveball. Because last time we did a book explode, we said we're going to talk about books we hardly recommend. This month, we decided let's talk about a book none of us have read but features creators we really like and see what happens. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think that we. Well, yeah, I think I would still heartily, well, heartily, heartily, that's the word well, we'll that you find out. Up. We don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, know what yeah. each other think. It's, the point is there are no rules. We, right. we might say there are rules. We don't have to follow them. So. Okay, but to, to be honest, I've known Connor for 20 years, and even if he says there are no rules, <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> let's, not, let's, let's not fool ourselves. So let's <laughs> caveat this one, Ron, with a uh, full disclosure that you know the writer of this book. Well, I, I know the writer. I know the whole. I, I know the no, whole entire credit, well, the, the credit team. But I mean, you went yes. to high school with the writer of the book. Yes, I. So Jason McNamara is the writer of the Rattler, and he and I went, grew up in the same hometown, went to the same high school, weren't friends. Uh, <laughs> I did not. I did not know that. I know. Yeah, I know no, that yeah. you knew Hinkle. I didn't know I mean, that you knew. He, yeah, he's he's older than me by a couple of years, um, and we had a couple of. Uh, Choice nice. interactions over the years. Well, he worked at the comic book store I shopped at in middle school. He always made fun of your books, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He would berate me for, for reading X-Men. Uh, and then later on, when I moved to San Francisco, we bumped into each other at Isotope because he lived in San Francisco. I did not know that. Um, and he's since moved from San Francisco. So has I. So have I. But uh, yeah, so we've known each other for a very long time. And, and he's a good guy. And he's, he's, he's a very interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. And before we get into the book itself, another little fun story. So when we were talking about what book we were going to do, uh, we were having our discussion. We we're throwing names of books out, and as often happens in our conversations, we diverge into talking about GI Joe. And then immediately, Josh, said, what about the Rattler? And I thought he was talking about some GI Joe graphic novel. <laughs> What's funny is that every time I hear the Rattler, I hear it in an Australian accent, a bad Australian, <laughs> the Rattler. Like just that's all. No, but I, I really hear. did. I really thought until I looked it up that we that it was some Jejo story the, about a the, guy Rattler pilot. I was very excited. The blue A ten warthog. <laughs> yeah, not that I wasn't excited to read this book. Cause I we've talked a lot about Greg Hinkle's work in the last year with, with uh, Airboy, but I was really hoping it was going to be a Jejo story about the Rattler pilot. Anyway, so so right away you're coming in at a negative. <laughs> right away, guys. <laughs> I was disappointed. No, so let's talk. This is an original graphic novel and. Ron, you, why don't you give them a quick history? This was kickstarted, correct? Yeah, Jason McNamara and Greg Hinkle, who I'm also friends with from my time in San Francisco, met in San Francisco at the Isotope and collaborated on it uh, as a graphic novel. Uh, Jason's got a lot of great ideas for graphic novels, and he's he's pre, he's done a couple. We we talked. I feel like I've talked about some of the other other Jason's work. He did the Martian Confederacy with uh, I forget the artist's name. Anyway, so he, Jason prefers the graphic novel format versus the monthly kind of thing. He's done more of that stuff. Paige Braddock, he worked with previously on the Martian Confederacy. And Greg Hinkle was, uh, was an up-and-comer. This is before they started working on this, before Airboy, before he started working on Airboy with James Robinson. And uh, they went the Kickstarter route, and it was a successful Kickstarter. They you know, got it out there, got it out in a lot of hands, did, did very well. Um, and that got the attention of Image Comics, and uh, who then uh, published it. So, so was it. this finished before Airboy? Yes. I, yes, this was, finished, so, this, was, this was finished before Airboy. Is it a coincidence yeah. that James Robinson makes a cameo appearance in this book? On the third I, I, and last I, page. Yeah, I want... And there's I, an Airboy cover on the... 
I mean, yeah, so. I, I feel I feel like he finished it. He had started Airboy when he was finishing that. You know what I mean? I okay. think the two overlapped. You know. All right. Yeah. No. They they had they they uh, pitched it for forty six hundred dollars on Kickstarter and they raised sixteen over sixteen thousand hmm. dollars. Yeah. Dreams do come true. All right. Let's talk about the book itself. Rattler opens with a harrowing situation in which a young couple their car breaks down. In the middle of nowhere, and they have no food. The car is in bad shape. They've got no, no no supplies, no provisions. A truck comes by, stops. A woman gets out and offers to help tow the, to the nearest gas station. They chain their car to the back of her truck. She needs the guy, the guy to push and the girl to steer the car. And then he pushes her out of, the, out of the ditch, and then the truck takes off, dragging the girl and the car with it. And then uh, there's an accident. Anyway, basically it ends with the girl is gone. The guy's left on the side of the road, and the woman he's going to give a ring to is now gone. And we cut to many years later, the man has, he's now middle-aged, and he's a victim's rights advocate, rather strident one, doing a TV interview, and that's the start of this book. Uh, it's basically uh, the Keanu, or I'm sorry, the Keeper Sutherland vehicle, Vanish, The Vanishing, <laughs> which is a remake, I believe. It isn't, but it's very it's sort of the similar beginning to that. What's interesting is that we're doing this in November, and I, I finished, I was like, oh, we probably should have done that for October. Because it's, it's sort of a bit of a horror thriller. Yes. It's interesting that, that we were talking about how it was done mostly before Airboy. A lot of times when you find a new artist, find this works with music too. You find a new artist you really like. So say, say you take Hinkle on Airboy um, and you're like, wow, this, this guy really popped out fully formed. This is great. And then sometimes you go back to their earlier stuff and, you, and you'll look at it and go, oh, that, that you can see that that's earlier, that it's not as polished. But like, it's the same guy. Yeah. Like the the art is fully at the level that it was for Airboy uh, throughout this whole thing, which I thought was really interesting. One of the things that would happen is that there would be a character who would show up and 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 they they'd switch scenes a lot, like to cut between different places. And I'd have to flip back to see like, wait, is this the guy from the other thing? And I can always tell, yeah, like who who the people were. And and uh, yeah. you know, you guys know from reading comic books for a long time, that's like a really big deal, especially yeah. if we're not talking about something with costumes. He's really really good. And we, and we yeah. talked about it a lot with Airboy, and as, you, as we just talked about, this was book sort of done at the same time. He's, he's really good, and I hate to use the cartoonist phrase, but he's, he's more of a cartoonist than he is a traditional sort of comic well, book artist, but he's a, he's a really, really good cartoonist. He's using, you know, basically like caricature yeah. to emphasize, you know, features that will help us recognize who the people are and, you know, may or may not tell you something about, you know, what kind of person he wants you to think they are or something like that. But, you know, it's all rooted in reality. It's not cartoony in the sense that it's unrealistic. It's right. just that features are exaggerated. So and, noses and, are bigger, mustaches yeah. are big. Uh, but, you know. but, you know, the sort of underdrawings, the cars, the buildings, that that's all 100% real. The, the anatomy is all 100% there. But it's just using the tools to sort of help us tell emotions and know who we're looking at. Um, and there's a lot of really sort of interesting looking people in this book who are interesting characters as they're written also, just very fringy type folk. How's that? Yeah. That is sort of all throughout this. And that's it, it's really super fascinating. The other thing that, that is the book is in black and white, except for blood. <laughs> little, little, spl- little splashes of color, which I more the more I see that, and that's not a that's not a. I mean, they're not the first people to do that, but I really like that as a device, especially when it happens later rather than earlier. Yes, you know, yes, and uh, yeah. yeah, and the idea is like, okay, this is a black and white book. Oh no, no, there's a splash of color. Cool, they thought about it. You know, like I like that. And, and it doesn't show up until like you're well into it, and yep. you know what? Like when it first shows up, sort of halfway through the book, character get his gets his thumb cut off, basically. 
you kind of don't notice it. And then later I noticed there's a lot of red and I was like, wait a minute, when did that happen? So I flipped back through it. That was one of the things for me is that I kept flipping back and not yeah. in a bad way. Just like, oh, look what you've done. You know, like, oh, cool. I, I didn't even notice it happening, but it was happening. I didn't so even I notice. Kinda... I mean, you know, yeah. I, read, I read a lot of comics. I'm, you guys had just said it, and I was like, that happened? And I opened the book, and there was a giant, you know, bloodbath, yeah. and I didn't even recognize. But it I sort think... of slowly g- grows yeah. in, in volume. It's, it's a really cool device, but also I think it's utilitarian in a way because in black yes. and white, blood is really hard to represent. That's true. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, it's near black. When you turn blood black and white, it just looks like black. I'm sure that was a uh, Kickstarter stretch goal. Yeah. <laughs> if we hit <laughs> 10,000, we'll, we'll give you one color. 20,000, you get blue. <laughs> so I was really into this at the beginning. You know, it's a sort of very harrowing crime that we just discussed. And then we meet the guy who's a kind of a dick, but you get it because he's has something horrible happen to him. And, and he's, he's been hounding this guy who's getting a release from prison who's a rapist. And he's... Uh, the guy shows up at his house with a gun, and this was—I was really, really into it. And then the supernatural stuff started happening, and I was like a little disappointed. But in the end, it's a horror, as you said, it's a horror thriller, so I was okay. But I was really kind of wondering what the book would have been like without the ghost uh, element to it. I think would have been well, my ultimate it, takeaway. And it's interesting because I was left wondering because they yep. never explain the ghost element, right? Right, and so I really it had wonder... to be real because it wouldn't—it was doesn't work as a hallucination. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been able yeah, to do all the right. things he did, yeah. so it has to be. I am trying to figure out a way to make it work, though, as just a hallucination, right? To this moment, like, and <laughs> like he just like had worked something out. Well, maybe you know, like he like subconsciously for whatever reason, because it's all he's been thinking about for you know thirty years or whatever, and 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 he spent all the time around uh, Chantal, right. so he might have picked something up maybe. along that time. I, I, I don't know. Listen, by not explaining it, he gives you that option. If you can work yep. it out in your head, then it can just be his his just complete... Because the guy is unhinged. Yes, he is. And yeah. one yeah. of the challenges of this book is that he's the protagonist. And he's, I kind of wasn't rooting for him because he was no, kind of an yeah, asshole. Yeah. But he yeah. also wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, but he was just... It manifested in him being right. a dick to everybody. And I was just kind of like, well, I don't really care if you find justice. You're a jerk. <laughs> But well, I mean, but then we started meeting a bunch of different characters and you know I like the sheriff a lot, uh, Sheriff Rodriguez or whatever he was the sheriff or whatever his the law the lawman with the big bushy mustache, mustache guy, and uh, then you know you like you like a you, you like a lawman with a with a mustache Connor. I was that's a character that Connor is predisposed to like. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rockabilly guy. I mean, I, I, there was a lot of there was a lot of interesting characters we we met, so I was I was fine not necessarily liking the, the rockabilly main guy was great. Yeah. I gotta tell you. I gotta, I gotta tell you. I mean, did we give a spoiler warning? Or yeah, okay. We, spoiler yeah, we warning. Yeah, yeah, we'll give a spoiler. Yeah, warning. spoiler warning. We're talking about what happens in the book. Bear with us. Uh, but when the the when the twist happened towards the in the last third of the book, basically the, the premise of the book is this guy. You know, as we mentioned, the guy his girlfriend is abducted. Later on, he becomes an expert in those kind of crimes. He's still looking for. He, he still believes she's out there. He goes a little loco. Starts hearing her talk to him through dead people, and then he goes off trying to find her and his assistant or you know, coworker or some, some working relationship who's also who he's been sleeping with, uh, kind of follows after him, tries to find him. Um, and that becomes the twist is that, you know, is, is that basically this girl and her mother are the ones who captured her girlfriend and, you know, and that, that, you know, the whole thing, when that twist happens and the rockabilly guy gets it, yeah. I, I was like, Oh, yeah, like it's it a had good murder. Such, 
such emotional resonance. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. It wasn't the telegram. Like and I, like you, Josh. I flip back and I am like, okay, I see it leading there, but yeah. I didn't see that moment coming. And the way he went by getting under a car, <laughs> having the jack knocked out, and oh. getting crushed by the car, and having both the girl, right. both the woman and her mother jump on the car to push it down. That was that was like you didn't need to do that. He's already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like didn't so see much blood. And then you just I didn't jump see on the that hood. Chantal was doing it until I went back and looked, and I was like, "Oh, she jumped on the hood too." Yeah, like there's just <laughs> a lot going on, and you you kind of you had to pay for it. And the way that that is drawn, like she crunches down on the hood, and and the mom is pushing down on the mirror, and that is grim. Also, that truck drawing is spectacular. Yeah, I want to point that? That's a that's a really well drawn truck. So they they were kidnapping women to give her friends, right? Is that what it was? Because it wasn't like a you know normally in these situations it's some there were other women who were alive. Yeah. Normally in this situation, it's some sort of psychosexual male kidnapper, but here it's a pair yeah. of women. And so it was, it was to give the daughter friends when she was a kid, right? Was that what it you was? You know, what, I, it, what as I had noticed, too, is that like – so I started reading it and then waited like a week to come back and finish. So I didn't have – I didn't have it in my head that the mother was the same character from the beginning. Yeah, she was. Like it didn't occur to me right away. But I did notice when I read the beginning that the person driving the truck was a woman. And I was like, well, that's, un- that's, that's unusual. Right. That's, yeah. that's against the trope of this kind of thing to have like a middle-aged woman who hasn't aged apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. To have a middle-aged woman, you know, sort of do that. And then, you know, the end is basically psycho. Well, she's – I'm looking at the back and the front. Yeah, she's got a lot more lines on her face. Yeah, no, no. It's not, it's not even a, much yeah. of a criticism. It's just that she's sort if of – If it was in color, Josh, you'd see she'd have silver hair now. That's true. That's true. But they didn't hit that stretch goal. That's true. They only, they only got the one color. The, you know, twenty five thousand. You get red, this, blue, and silver. Yeah, this 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 book with hair color in it would have been like off the charts. <laughs> I, it might be too much. But this is a really well done, sort of disturbing thriller. Uh, great, you know, self contained story. And, and I like that Jason McNamara, the writer, likes this format because when it's done well, it's really well well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and also, I failed to note that, like that? that and, uh, yeah, I did formatted well. <laughs> I, I it does go back to echo to Jason berating me at the comic book store when I was uh, in middle school. Jason has a dark side to his personality. I mean, he he's he is a big fan of horror movies, Halloween, Michael Myers, that sort of thing. He has a Michael Myers mask that he wears every Halloween. So like this sort of stuff is right up his alley. So like That's not knowing- okay. No, no, no. What's this is a? I, I feel I shouldn't tell the story, but it's it's not mine to tell. But I'll tell it anyway because uh, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, he has the Michael Myers mask, and he dressed up like a, like Michael Myers on Halloween, and then went to the bank to make a deposit, and and they would not let him in the bank. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> you can't wear a mask to the bank like that. That reminds me. That reminds me of the time that I was driving my kid to school one day, and I saw a hunter pop out of the woods with a shotgun over his shoulder. And he was like a half a block away from the school. And you ran him over. No, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's the end of the story. Don't spoil it. No, so I dropped my kid off at daycare, and then I came back through, and as I was passing the elementary school again, there's like five cops surrounding the guy. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> it just hadn't occurred to him, probably shouldn't walk past the elementary school in the morning with a shotgun on my shoulder. Wow, I, would have, I, I thought that was going another way because you live in very gun-friendly New Hampshire. I figured they would have given him an well, I-5 and gone on their way. There's limits. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is a protect-your-kids helicopter kind of area. I was hoping you were going to end up with a big, like a mutton or a deer. That would have been nice. Would you like a tender point? I would. <laughs> but, well, anyway, so, so but the point I was making is that he, he does have a very sardonic 
way about you know not sardonic but like dark side and so like you know so knowing that i still was surprised by some of the stuff that happened in this but um but after i read it i'm like oh yeah that's jason so yeah so well here's what's interesting i don't like horror movies sort of just yeah, neither do i i hate them yeah. and if this was a movie i wouldn't watch it right yep but i really liked it in the because i don't like the gore part like i just it doesn't do anything for me when you take that out same thing with the walking dead like i don't watch the walking dead show because i don't need it okay. in this format and, and yeah. in a comic book format, I think the genre works really well for me. I really like that. It's, it's like a thriller. You know, it's got recognizable tropes and things in it. And then when I got to the end and I read his story that he told, where basically the cold open of this pretty much happened to him. Yeah. That made it work ten times more. I made sure you – I put it out so you make sure you read the, the little essay in the back because, as Josh says, he basically tells the story that he, he had this happen to him and, and the girl he was with, it was a man in a truck and luckily – the rope, it wasn't a chain, it was a rope, and it broke. And the, the girl was able to escape by putting the car in neutral and then rolling back down the hill back to where he was. And the guy, it was a, it's a really, really creepy story. It's it horrifying. Is. It's totally horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. I can't even imagine going through that. I can't imagine not being completely horrified all the time. <laughs> but I also kind of wish he just told that story. <laughs> like, I mean, I get that it's really horrible, but like, you know, adding the horror element, made, I was more creeped out by the story he told than it, in the back than I was the book itself. Because it de- it definitely has one of those, and I and Connor, yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna follow me right to this punchline. Okay. But it, it that story definitely has a Robert Stack unsolved mysteries tone to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, and and oh, totally. unsolved mysteries for those who don't know. Deep in the I fanboy um, archives is a favorite of both Connor and mine. The thing is, uh, though, you can't get it anymore, Ron, because every re- every replay of it features the repackaged Dennis Farina version. Uh, they have completely excised. Don't, don't even get me started. They have completely excised Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. I oh, like it. Just don't even get me started. Then goes into it anyway. I liked how in the middle of it, he was just like he got all like verklempt. He's like, I, I can't, I can't even talk about it. You, I can't it's, on, it. it's on like every day in Lifetime. Sometimes if I'm late for work, I catch the, the beginning of one episode, and it's it's all it's for years. It's been the repackaged Dennis Farina. Oh. There's no more Robert Stack to be found. It's a shame. At that but, point, I, I know that like you like the original, but. The Dennis Farina one doesn't sound. It sounds like there's some appeal to it. I was like, well, that's kind of good too. He's he's a good idea, but they like Robert Stack would walk around dark alleys in a trench coat, telling oh, his with, with, fo- with fog rolling in. Yeah, oh, they, oh, they, Dennis yeah, Farina's in like a crime headquarters with with a bunch of guys and fake computers in the back and giant monitors, and they have like Google Maps, you know, and like it's not the same feeling. Yeah, and he doesn't have his voice isn't quite as Robert yeah. Stacky. Well, whose would be? Yeah. Thanks Coming for along, bringing that up. Not yeah. <laughs> what well, on the heels of the actual horror story? It was all just too much for his psyche to take. Yeah. No, but anyway, it's a really moving, really well written. I mean, I was riveted by the two-page essay. It's true. Yeah. So I'm sorry that happened to you, Jason. That's terrible. I I, I also know the girl in that story. She went to our high school as well, too. So. It's important to note in case we, we we messed up. She did not get kidnapped. She escaped. So. Yeah. No. It's still terrible. But that's the thing is that that story is a two-page story. It's not a graphic novel. So I get giving it some sort of sensational, sensationalist kind of horror. Like, you know me. I don't like the demon. I don't like the horror. You know, right. I don't like the, the supernatural as much as anybody. But I bought it in this, you know. And like even and he just never explains it. That's what I think is interesting about it is that it just never gets explained. And I get that telling the real story without the supernatural element just becomes like Josh made a joke earlier. 
you know, a Kiefer Sutherland movie. There was a Kurt Russell one, too, that was like that. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Where, you know, husband and I wife was Kurt Russell. break down in the desert and the wife gets kidnapped. Like that's, we've seen that a couple of times in a couple of movies. So I get that. Scary. It's, not as origi- it's totally scary. It's not orig- as original, but to me it's more impactful because I, you know, I'm, not, I'm less likely to run into a demon when I break down than I am well, to. It's one of those roots level like human anxieties where you, you think, you know, like you, you walk around most. I mean, I, I I do. It's my privilege. I walk around most of the time feeling relatively safe and secure or whatever. And like horror for me comes from that sort of, wow, everything here can go tits up any second. Right. You know, like you, you just you're just inherently trusting the people around you or circumstances. You know, you go in the store, you leave them in the car, you come back, they're gone. Like right. that's been horrifying. But the other thing I think is that, like, he said that this thing happened to him in 2001. Yep. And he just sat with it for years. I mean, it it, it yeah. marks you. You think about it and, you know, come up with a story around it. That's what a writer does. Um, so there's that grain of, like, this happened, but what if, you know, what if this happened, how it plays out? And I don't know. That 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 really added to it for me. Like, that yeah. element, 100%. So that was that was cool. It's really great to be recording this show in the middle of a really empty office. <laughs> well, I, don't feel, the- I don't feel freaked out at all. <laughs> this, this book also reminded me to go back to Unsolved Mysteries, that after years of watching Unsolved Mysteries, I have a healthy skepticism for any any car on the road that's not, like, that's going to stop and help me. So now I just never... Oh, can I tell you, to this day, I, I had a... I, it's not even a two-page story. It's a paragraph story. But to this day, it still haunts me. I was... Back when we were in college, I was driving back to Ithaca from Long Island. And it was late. It was, you know, must have been, you know, like, it was... Pitch blackout. I was on There's a road. Some lonely Pen- stretches of road there. Yeah, yeah and I was on a road. For, I was on a road from Pennsylvania, and I was going right. And I'll never forget. I drove by, and there was a car on the side of the road, and somebody waving their hands, and I just kept on going. And for years, I wondered. I'm like, shit, was that guy in trouble, or was that like my my New Yorker gut instinct was don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, you know? But then I was like, oh man, did that guy need help, or was that the beginning of me getting murdered? And I did the right thing. Like I don't to this day, I don't know what it was, but that one like a dark stretch of road with no lights, and it, it can is one of the scariest scenarios Ron, ever. That's a Ron. That was me. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you see, I didn't want to say anything until now because it was so raw. Because the other thing is, he had just. He just watched a bunch of yeah, unsolved mysteries. <laughs> but I was desperate. I'd been there for hours. <laughs> My last VHS tape, had, the tape had snapped. I had a little portable VHS player in the car. Uh, you know that's not true because Connor didn't drive then. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. There's no way um, he could have been in the, in the mountains of Pennsylvania. It's a really great sort of moral conundrum. Like, should I have helped? Did they need help? Yes. Yeah. But was that a good situation to do? Would that have been a good decision on my part? And I don't have an answer. My first right. instinct is to make fun of you for being selfish. But realistically, like, yeah, that's sketchy. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And 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 I, and I hate that we live in a world where my first instinct wasn't to pull over and to go help. And my first instinct was to r- drive away as fast as possible for fear of my own life. But still, but I, I think that and that might have been driven by watching a lot of Unsolved Mysteries while I college. It's true. That show makes you think that every time you break down, you're toast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's one of those, uh. those things is that like, so where I live, we were just talking about this. Guns are a really big deal. Everybody has them. It's just a thing that's around here. And and I, what I always think to myself is, yeah, but you live in, like, the safest place in the history of the world. Like, if you think at any time during history, you were always sort of in danger. But right now, we're all we're all pretty good, but we kind of only think we are. You know, like, all it takes yeah. is... You run the wrong person at the wrong time. Then, you one know, mother and daughter team with a, with a chain. 
Right. And, I, and here's the interesting about this book is that it, it brings these ideas up. I think, yes. I, I think it's a really effective piece of writing and, and, and art that in that sense because, you know, we don't often finish these discussions talking about, you know, moral quandaries. And yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You never did that once when talking about San, uh, Starman. Uh, Starman. We didn't get deep enough in the run. I got to I got to I got to tell you after reading this, I am not getting under anyone's car unless it's my own. <laughs> I'm not getting under anyone's car under any circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Period. Exactly. There's I'm not I'm not helping cha- change a tire. What are you crazy? No, you, you <laughs> call AAA. You're going to well, kill actually, me. What you, what, what you want to do is get um uh, four jack stands and put yeah. them all around. There's going to be 18 <laughs> jacks under that car. Yeah. <laughs> Just like it and then ropes <laughs> like it's not like you're going to be able to have several failures before you're you're, you're hurt. Listen, I'm scared enough to jack my own car and do it myself, much less to somebody else's. That's definitely how you're gonna go. No, um, no, but th- yeah, this this brings up, and, and that's a great, a good, good, a good work makes you think and it challenges you, and and this kind of does it, and you know, and yes, there's a little supernatural element to it, but I think that the the realness of the whole scenario and everything else that kind of happened gives you enough of that shudder, of that you know, of that of that rattle. To uh to <laughs> to have it resonate and so that that's a sign of a good job and and I like and again you know we're all on board with Greg Hinkle I mean I'm you know like uh, it's been great to see Greg Hinkle's work grow to the point and get the stuff and I want to see what's next and I want to see what's, especially after reading Airboy and then reading this to see what he does you know right should be anything I kind of don't want anyone to ever color him yeah I'm worried that that's a thing that shouldn't happen like that'll it's that'll have to be burst Matt, the whole Matt Wilson style flat color oh yeah yeah. That's the book. That's not. That's the book you'd be working on anyway. Yeah. All right. So, any final thoughts on the Rattler? It's interesting. You've got guys. Pretty much all of us. None of us are horror people. Yep. This story worked for all of us in comic book format. So, and we don't ever talk about horror. So, I assume that to horror people, we just sound like incredible <laughs> amateurs. Because it's like, yes, those are the tropes. That's we correct. sound like <laughs> frightened teenagers driving through Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yep, but that's uh, that's. I, I didn't actually know where this was going to go, especially with Connor's preamble. Like, Con- <laughs> is Connor going to say he didn't like it? <laughs> no, I, just, I was kind of. Normally, it's like a, no, a book we know. We're gonna, I didn't know what you guys were going to think of it. So well, so so coming out of that, would you going back to the original uh, question? Would you heartily recommend this to somebody? Yes. Yes. If they like horror, thriller, thriller, crime, right? Absolutely. It's a yeah. nice 104-page story, really great art from Greg Hinkle, really compelling writing from Jason McNamara because it comes from a real place. It's, it's a really well-done piece. I don't mean this to demean it, but it's, a, it's an easy read. Yeah, it's, it, I've read it fast. I read it real fast in one sitting. Yeah, I read I read it in one sitting, and it was and like not like I didn't read it fast. I was, go, was skipping around a bit, but like I felt like I got a good satisfying chunk out of yeah. it. But it didn't it didn't go on too long. It didn't drag out. I don't think I think there was a, a great economy of storytelling in it that it tells just enough and showed just enough. And the 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 key beats like like the like the rockabilly guy getting killed like really worked really worked. So you yeah. said you know this isn't his first book. He's been he's been making books. For a while in this format so yep. it shows here you go so the little bio in the background for joel enos says joel would run the other way if someone tried to help him on the road no matter how nice they seem so there you go yep there it is i'm not alone <laughs> maybe it's something about both of our long island upbringing that makes us feel that way <laughs> all right so uh you can check out the rattler it's in graphic novel form you can get it also for you know in digitally digital forms it's it's out now it's relatively new it came out about a month ago or so. uh, no, it came out. It came out uh, like in March. March. Oh, really? Yeah, no, 
Yeah, yeah, like oh, earlier yeah. this year. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. It did. <laughs> yeah. It came out so, well earlier. It came out this year. But so check it yeah. out. If you want to talk about the Rattler, you go to fanboy.com. That's where you can find a post on this show. That's where also you can find our weekly podcast, the Pick of the Week podcast, where Josh, Ron, and I talk about the week's comics. And a whole bunch of special edition shows are there as well. All that fun stuff's happening at fanboy.com. Any final thoughts? Anything else to say? No, good pick. Good pick. I look forward to our next one. It's like the a little Rantla. It's like we got a little book club. I'm a little sad it's not a G.I. Joe book. Like five five percent. <laughs> the Rattler. <laughs> wasn't the Rattler wasn't the Rattler's a vehicle? It's not even a person. Yeah, it's a vehicle. It's a blue it's a blue A ten Warthog. Yeah. The yeah. difference between it and a regular plane, because it was pretty much straight up, is that the the wings would turn turn, yeah, the V V top. It could vertically yeah. land to take off. Yeah. yeah. There he is. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. yeah. So until next time, so next month you can look forward to a talk episode. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. You didn't say you're the Rattler. Wow, I blew that. <laughs>